We're tired and it's time to move forward. Church, education, and everything black. Welcome to the Tired Podcast with Tavon Lawrence. Hey y'all, welcome to the Tired Podcast, the podcast that addresses issues within the church and education and everything impacting the black community within the United States and beyond. It's my hope that through this podcast, people are educated, enlightened, and motivated to make changes needed to just be better people. Make sure you subscribe to the Tired Podcast so you'll always know when there's a new episode. Like my brother, Brian Waters here, always the first person to listen. I'm like, man, how do you even know when there's a new episode? He's like, man, that's the benefit of subscribing. So you do the same, try to beat Brian to the punch. Um, if you're listening to us and you haven't heard episode one or episode two, make sure you go back and catch up on those episodes. Today's hot topic, we're going to talk about COVID-19 and dun, 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 the church. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the conversation today, um, I'm just going to have Brian uh, introduce himself really quick. Uh, Brian, share um, you know, your name, uh, the work that you do. And uh, share information about the pod, your podcast so people can can subscribe to yours as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Brian H. Waters here, host of Break It Through Glass Ceilings, which you can find on all podcast platforms, and also co-host, co-owner of The Wrestling Realm, which you can find my podcast in that division of Break It Down with Brian H. in the same places, just different channels. Um, Breaking Through Glass Seals is a podcast where people come on to share their stories. Spoiler alert, Tavon will be on there soon. So uh, make sure you subscribe just like you subscribe to his podcast. And I hope y'all gave Tavon a five-star rating if you're listening in Apple and drop a comment as well and do that for my shows. But in addition to that, I'm also the multimedia director of Christian Memorial Church, my home church, which I... Um, was born in there essentially and then left uh twice and now third time is the charm hopefully under the reverend dr derek l randolph senior thank you so much sir i'm i'm telling you guys if you have not heard brian's podcast you need to go and listen this guy is amazing um and he is the biggest wrestling fan that i know of at least uh in in baltimore and uh brian is also a fellow city knight uh, so we're having a conversation today with Two City Nights. You know this episode is about to be banging. Um, but we're going to get into this, into this conversation, uh, Brian. And again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, around March, uh, the world seemed to stop, brother. Um, COVID-19 came um, and put a hope on, on every single facet of life. Um, and one of those things that it put a hope on uh, was was church um, and the way that we did church uh, and people meeting in person. When all of that happened, uh, churches had to figure things out really, really quickly. Um, as the multimedia director at your church, what, what were a couple of things that you all started to think about in March as, as COVID-19 started to happen? Wow. So... Uh, I guess I got I would be remiss if I didn't uh, include some details. Uh, I rejoined Christian Memorial in December. That's, uh, we got a new pastor in the beginning of December. I joined right before, um, right before New Year's. As I started, they didn't have anything dealing with multimedia. And his 
wife, our first lady, Lady Randolph, started recording the services on Facebook Live from her phone. And one day she handed me the phone. She said, can you do it? Because you're a shooter. For those people who are not familiar, we're talking about somebody who shoots with cameras. And she said, so you're a shooter, so can you do it? I was like, all right. Me being the perfectionist that I am and learning from Tavon, I said, all right, we got it. We're going to use the phone this way. Let's see how we can make this look more presentable via broadcast. So I started using a system called OBS and I used my phone as a webcam and I had to download an app, EpoCam for the Apple and I used my phone as a webcam and I started doing that for a couple of Sundays. But I said, no, nah, we got to do something more. So I was trying to figure out how do I use my webcam as a, uh, my camera as a webcam. I figured out getting a capture card. The crazy thing is, so the first Sunday in March, which is the last Sunday, everybody was together. I was my wedding anniversary. Shout out to my wife, Nakia. Um, she told me, make sure I tell you hi, Tavon, um, one of your best work friends in your career. career. Which she she accuses me, all, accuses me all the time of stealing her friend. <laughs> <laughs> so on our wedding anniversary, we went out and then we went to Best Buy. I bought a capture card. So I'm excited. Yes, next week the broadcast going to look good. No, because that following week, we couldn't come to church. Everything was put to a stop. So I went there, and one of the things I said, all right, what we started doing was we had the pastor come in that Sunday morning. We had the musicians come in. And, well, yeah, just the musicians and uh, a praise lead, praise and worship singer, my brother-in-law. And we recorded, ran through service. And as we ran through service, here's another issue we had, because like I said, we were in transition and now I'm saying, I'm like, okay, I need internet access to make this work, to connect to Facebook Live. I can't use my uh, mobile internet. I have to use something for the computer. My, I didn't have a hotspot. And we was trying to make it work with um, streaming directly through the service, but the, we didn't have a... Um, I should say a public Wi-Fi for the church. It was only used for the uh, business office. So that was another issue we had. But during that time, we realized that we had to really bring in, a, uh, introduce a lot of equipment to the church. So, you know, one, one of the, the, the things that you talked about is just the amount of work that you all had to do in order to, to just transition to like start streaming uh, your services. Um, and I think we've found out in this time of COVID-19 that um, technology like plays a huge part in being able to reach out to the community, um, being able to reach out even to your parishioners who um, aren't able to make it to service. I always get on um, my home church about um, how, we, how we used to address people. Uh, during, you know, uh, during a service, folks, folks would come up um, and they would welcome the visitors to the church. And one of the things that they would say every Sunday is like, hello, everybody out there on live stream. We're glad you're out there on live stream, but it's nothing like being in the house. Get your lazy butt up and get, <laughs> get to church, essentially, right? Yep. And, and we kind of like shamed people, right? We shamed people for using uh, live stream and using the internet for a platform. 
and COVID-19 hit and here we are, you're only able to use that platform. So now you've gone from shaming people about a platform and it being your, uh, you know, your main source of, of, of reaching, you know, reaching out to people. So um, you all got your, your equipment together and brother, I've been on your church's uh, stream um, uh -oh. and you've done, <laughs> it's not uh oh brother, you've done a fantastic job, man, um, with, with your church's stream and, and bringing it up to par. Um, but as you mentioned, you all just got a new pastor in December, right? Yes. How has the response been from your parishioners um, with, with the change from what they used to do or the lack of the technology to, to the amount of technology that you're introducing so far? And you're, you're starting to smirk and giggle, man. Well, you told me when I came on this show that pretty much don't uh, keep the gloves on. Don't, uh, you know, say what I mean. Say there, a lot of times in church, there are people who have ideas and they think they know what they want. However, they don't know, or they think they know what they're doing, but they really don't. So overall, it was a 98% approval rating. And, but there's always a naysayer. There's always somebody around, well, how did he do that? Or why are we doing this? I, I like the fact that you talked about uh, there was a time where people were being shamed for live streaming. But with our church, they was excited. I remember when we first did it before the uh, coronavirus hit, I had people coming up to me saying, oh, my child saw this in Seattle, Washington. I saw it in this state, and I think this is really cool. And I said, just get ready. This is the direction we need to go. We're, behind, we're essentially behind the times by a decade or more. So then the virus happens. And we, like I said, we had the issues of the internet. So what we started doing was going on there on Saturdays and recording. And there was some people who, oh, I got some ideas. We need to do like this and we need to do that. And what I had said this, you can get a handful of people who could come in here and do this job better than me. There is, and I can say this confidently, there's nobody out there who could do what I do that understands the church, that has the pulse of the church in their hand. And what I mean is, one of the things that I did, like I said, I watched a lot of the content you produce. And obviously sitting there in the booth with you for two and a half years, I learned the importance of switching the cameras. Now, even though I'm shooting with one camera, when to throw up uh, lower thirds, to a certain pacing. And, and, and I would always laugh because even though I wasn't a camera person, I would always laugh. I said, y'all better be ready because Tavon coming today. <laughs> and, but, and, and as a musician, when you would be producing, I would see like you going to a rhythm, going to a beat. So it was essentially, it was like I was in the church. I mean, I was on the drums, but I wasn't. So a lot of times, one of the things I did was, for, for instance, we celebrated our 73rd and 72nd anniversary this year. I knew that I had to make this special. So I found some old clips that I had from previous years, like maybe uh, eight years ago. And I started putting that into the service. I started 
taking these countdowns. And the response to that was, was um, you know, everybody loved it because one, they got to see some of our former members that went home to be with the Lord. And they also got to really have that nostalgic feeling. Um, it was a video you posted and you said someday when, when the, uh, the day we all get together, what a time it'll be. Uh, I believe was your caption or something similar. And so, like I said, you know, just being able to watch, but overall the response was great. Everybody was happy. Uh, I, I always say that because we're a smaller church with probably a hundred members, uh, maybe a little bit less with the capacity, uh, we can hold way more than that, but you know, we're in transition uh, is in sports terminology. We're in the rebuilding years. I will say that on Sunday mornings, because we were premiering the services at 11, it was as if it was a party. Everybody would come to Facebook and you would see some of the older people who had never used Facebook before. I mean, don't even have a profile picture on their page, but they would be speaking to each other. So I know I probably went on a long tangent, but it was a great opportunity for people to really engage with one another on this. Yeah, man, you you didn't you didn't go off on a tangent. You're speaking some some real truth there, man, um, and and dropping some knowledge there. Um, you talked a lot about like the success that you all have had um, within your multi multimedia um, department. Right now, um, churches are in a really tough place. Um, I you know from working at the church and being behind the scenes. Um, I am able to view the, the church as a source for spiritual food, but also as a business as well. Um, and churches run like businesses. Um, if you have never worked behind the scenes at a church, it runs like a business. And just like any business, a business has bills to pay. You have, you have to pay for that building. Um, you know, like I always laugh at my brother because he's been like, all of that time not offering money. I'm like, dude, do you know that like the church's gas and electric bill was $13,000 one month? Like, come on now. So like you, you have all of those, those different um, components, right? And some of them still, they still got to pay, even though we're not actively in the building. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, like you find out where, where you can cut costs, you cut some costs, but there are still bills that, that have to be paid. There's still mortgage fees or rent fees or, or, or what have you. Um, and so like church just can't stop. Like it can't stop if church stops, um, or we, we're not finding a way to connect to people and keep people engaged, then, um, there's going to be a lot of churches that don't come out of COVID-19. They're going to shut their doors and they, they will not come, come, come back on the other side. And I don't care how spiritual you are. A lot of people are like, well, God's going to see us through there's going to be some churches that shut down and God's going to see those churches shut down too. Um, So like I've been preaching and and fussing and saying like, there are two things that's really upholding the arms of the church right now. One is the marketing department of churches. And then two, the media department of churches, brother, how important is it? that like churches have good multimedia directors or have good, good media directors. And like, what happens when, when they don't have one or they're just crappy? Oh man. (laughs) Uh, you, you just, you're going to sink. Uh, 
a lot of times because all right facebook has and that's tend to be the biggest if i if, if i had to take a blind guess i would guess that facebook is where the biggest church audience is and then youtube people would like to drive to their personal church websites but and you know when i was at um your church i would tell people hey we got to find a way to get this stream directly in the um, Facebook feed as opposed to the links, because if I'm scrolling through and I see a service, boom, I'll stop. And so if you don't have a good media presentation or a good director, it's going to sink because now, like you said, business and all businesses have competitors. We would like to think that somebody would dedicate their whole Sunday to church. But that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to sit there. Some, you might have some people who will say, okay, at 8 o'clock, I'm going to go to church A. Uh, 10 o'clock, go to church B. And uh, 12 o'clock, go to church C. For the most part, people going to go to their home church. And then they're going to go on about the rest of their day. I think we also have to remember, too, you brought up, especially with marketing, is how do you make people appeal? How do you get people to appeal to your church? At the beginning, in, in March and April, when everything was essentially shut down, people w stayed in, and watched church. I'm going to be frank with you. And I can't get too much heat over it because it's public information. If you just go back and look at the numbers, <laughs> we would have a lot more engagement and attendance, virtual attendance during that time. Like Easter Sunday, we had a, a huge amount than we do now because the world people have decided that they're tired of the virus and leadership in communities and outside have decided that business is more important than people's lives. And that's my words, uh, not Tavon saying that. So if y'all don't come at somebody, come at me at Brian H. <laughs> um, but people have decided that businesses is more important than people's lives. So they've allowed the country to open up again. Therefore church, ratings have gone down so if you don't have a good mar uh, marketing and a multimedia director it's hard to bring in those people um i have to give a shout out to my friend nikki mayo she said that she was trying to make sure she kept her parents home around the spring summer and she started researching churches and like okay which churches can i recommend and i'll be i'm gonna be real it, it, it was a um not a punch but it was like okay we got to work harder because he was like, Brian, sorry, your church ain't make the list. And you know, Nikki's one of Dude. my uh, good friends, but I'm like, Hey, I know. <laughs> so it, it, what it gave, um, I, I guess I don't want to use the word leverage, but I say, Hey, this is what we need to work on. And this is why we need to be appealing. We need to find a way to hook our audience, you know? So, uh, in, in these times it's very important because, yeah, you can set up a cell phone and, and go live, but then you, you ultimately look like a vlogger if you don't have that following, if you don't have that multimedia push, if you're not engaging. One of the things, uh, another thing I learned from you is making sure you have those engaging graphics that'll make people stop and say, oh, I need to tune in. Brother, look, like, and, 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 and you, you started to go there a little bit, <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna just like come out and say it like when you turn on Facebook, YouTube, uh, whatever platform on a Sunday morning, 
you are competing for people's attention. There are so many churches, and guess what? Every church is streaming 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, right? And so if I log on to, um, just as an example, Brian, just as an example, if I log on to Christian Memorial Church Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at the feed and the quality is not there or the audio is crappy or the content is crappy, how many other churches am I able to visit? It's not like when we were in person, right? When we were in person, like you just had to sit down and put up with it. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to push through service. But now it's at the click of a button. If I don't want to watch your crappy service, I can go somewhere else and watch someone else's service. I want to add to that point too, because this is what they got to understand. Just like you said, click of a button. If you're scrolling, you're competing. You have to put your best people forward. It's just like if you're playing a game. You have to put your best singers forward. Facebook church ain't the time to be putting people. (laughs) And and like I said, you know, I do hope people listen to this and I hope people from my church listen to this. Uh, You know me, I'm going to share it. Um, But this truth has to be made. You have to put your best foot forward. Your musicians have to be intact with your singers. Your drummer, I say this as a drummer, shouldn't be running all over the drum set. Your organist shouldn't be running all over the organ playing super loud over your singers. Your background singers have to be intact because I might watch my home church because of loyalty, but it's not going to make me say, all right, if I'm scrolling through and I'm competing, I'm not going to watch a church that I don't know if, like you said, if the presentation isn't right, if the, um, if the, if the content isn't right, if the uh, video doesn't look good, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go into the next one. And what this ultimately does is this prevents you, when the church doors reopen, people will remember, okay, this is the church I like. This is the church I like. If they remember, oh, wait, their video, their choir didn't sound good. They're not going to go there when those churches reopen. Absolutely, man. And, like, it, if you don't have the right people in the right places at your church at this very moment, now's the time where you have to start making the right strategic decisions to get the right people in the right place. Because those people are, are like, basically the face of your ministry. Um, and what's going to happen if you don't have the right people in the right place, people are going to decide to go elsewhere. Um, and you're going to start to lose your audience. But guess what? What else you're going to start to lose? You'll start to lose those tithes and offerings and you're going to start to lose, lose the, that money as well. Um, you know, that, that you need to use for, uh, for the church and to keep the church running. Uh, Brian, Thanks. we're going to pause really quick. Uh, you know, on, on Zoom, you know, people just sneak into your Zoom rooms and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and, and I just had my spiritual father, the Bishop Cranford Davis from North Carolina, join us on the call today. Dad, you want to introduce yourself really quick? Tell us, tell us your church. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How you doing, son? Doing well. God bless you, Brother Waters. How are you, sir? How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Well, I, I'm, I'm the senior pastor of Fresh Anointed. Tabernacle of Deliverance in Henderson, North Carolina. I've been there for about 
uh, about 20 some years, about 20 years. Uh, we are uh, located in the urban area of Henderson. Um, and uh, we're, we're trying to just be a, uh, right at this point, I, I noticed you guys were talking about, you know, uh, the church having the right people in place. We're just trying to, to be a, um, a beacon of light in that community. We're trying to provide them with, with a ray of hope and uh, supply them with a measure of resources that we have under the umbrella of the ministry. And uh, we're, we're doing, we hope and believe that we're making a significant difference uh, in that community. And um, so uh, I'm, I'm just excited to be, to be the pastor there uh, and, uh, you know, uh, being on such a, a platform as this with, with you, son, and uh, Mr. Waters, I, I feel that God is certainly, um, you know, thrusting all of us into a, a position or posture of uh, navigating through, you know, this pandemic, navigating through these challenging times. Um, and because we are in unprecedented times, which simply means that we've not been this way before. And uh, anybody tell you that they've got it totally figured out, um, they're not telling you the truth because we've never been this way before. But uh, as, as we're, you know, as we become creative and innovative in this time and the season, I actually think, uh, my brother, that it, this is a good thing. Uh, you know, if, if God is forcing us outside of the walls of the church today, you know, we had service outside because, you know, because of the capacity and, and because of uh, the guidelines and restrictions of North Carolina, you know, we have in service outside. Well, guess what? Those people who would never come into the building now have access and exposure and, uh, to, to our ministry. Um, but that was unplanned, right? Because of something that was that unprecedented that happened. Um, and uh, I do think that, you know, uh, as you all were discussing, you know, the, the pandemic was a, a mandate on a pause for doing, for doing church the way we've normally been doing it. And uh, maybe talking so much, uh, too much, but uh, I, I just want to say this and, and then I'll, I'll step back is, is that I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly that um, this, this pandemic that came as an interruption, it may look and feel and be uh, packaged as an inconvenience to all of us. Um, and to some degree it is. But what God is really trying to do is, as I said previously, is he's trying to force us out of the normalcy of not just life, but especially church. Um, because there, there are people um, that, um, that, that, that want God, they, they're looking for God. Well, let's just be honest, guys. You know, I hope this is a this is a place where we can just have transparency. Look, look, this this is a transparent podcast. Look, <laughs> I was just about to tell Brian we gotta behave ourselves. The bishop on the line now, <laughs> but no, we we we're we're being transparent here because we want people to walk away from this podcast, uh, understanding what they've got to do just to lead better lives, um, in 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 better ministries and things of that nature. So get transparent, sir, as as transparent as you want to be. Well, what I was alluding to is, is that there, there are people, we have mislabeled people. And, and what I mean by that is people who were reluctant to come into our nice facilities, uh, come into our facilities that are, that are nice. And, you know, they, they're not going to wear Versace. They're not going to wear Louis. You know, they're not going to wear, you know, uh, all of those nice clothes. But they love God, right? And so mm -hmm. when they come into into our edifice and into the culture and environment, watch this that we created to make us feel comfortable, they're uncomfortable, right? Because, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't want to wear a Lou, I don't want to wear a suit. I want to go somewhere where I can just worship God, I can be free 
and nobody judged me because of what I got on. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and you guys are millennials. You guys, I know you guys can relate to this uh, because uh, what I have on does not, is not an indication of how much I love God. Amen. What I pay for my clothes it, it's not, it's not a, uh, a litmus uh, paper uh, in regards to how much I desire to get in God's presence. That, that has nothing to do with it. And, and, and on the flip side of that, you know, people, people who are dressing up like that, uh, y'all said it's real. Sometimes they're dressing up like that, not because, you know, they, they necessarily want to get in God's presence, but because they're hiding something. If I put on a nice suit, nice clothes, you know, maybe nobody would, would notice my issues. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, uh, my, my whole outfit, my whole ensemble costs $1,200, but I got a stinky attitude. Uh, so so that, that's not, that's not God-like. So I said all that to say, my brothers, is that, um, that God is, is using this as a paradigm, this meaning the, the social and uh, uh, systemic racism, the social unrest, the, uh, the unstable, uh, unstable economy, rather, and this pandemic to really shift the mindset of what we call the church, right? And, and you'll notice that those, those people, uh, those preachers, uh, those ministers uh, who are, I want you to, I want you to carefully, carefully listen to what I'm saying. Those who are kingdom-minded, hmm. since the pandemic hit, their whole style has changed. Instead of getting up there screaming with their hand to the ear, and, ah, 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 now, now people saying, you know what? I don't have enough of that. I need something that's going to sustain me through the week. You know, I, I don't care how good you can articulate, you know, the, you know, the scriptures. I'm not, I don't care how, how, how great you are, how homiletics, how homiletics. Man, tell me how am I going to survive the rest of this week. And I, I, don't, I don't need to put in no pretty package. I just need you to be real with me. And so what is happening is those, those of us, and myself included, because this, this, is, this is a place of, of safety. <laughs> so I'll be honest, I've shifted. Brother Walter, I've shifted the way I minister to that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not getting up there screaming and hollering. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, finding, I'm finding what is the need of the people that God has assigned me to. And, and, and it has to be a kingdom relative message for it to resonate with the people that, that watch this, that are in this, they're in this, this quagmire that, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the same old stuff. I've been, I've been doing church you know, man, for 10, 15 years, and, and I ain't got nothing to show for it. But when the kingdom message, this is what Jesus did. Jesus came, son, when he showed up on the scene, the problem was, was that when he showed up, he showed, he showed the inadequacies of the culture of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's why they got upset with it. Yeah, he was healing, healing, the, healing the lame and the blind and see, open eyes. Yeah, he did. But what really made them mad was that they had been doing this thing since Moses. They had the Mosaic law. They had the Leviticus law. And none of that stuff was effective. But now Jesus shows up on the scene. If you read the text, the Bible says he was teaching in the, in the synagogue. And the Bible said that a, that a man got healed. And they said to themselves, what manner of man is this? that's preaching and teaching this kind of gospel that even demons obey him. What they were saying was, wait a minute, this guy showing up on the scene, he's not worried about what, we, what, what, what people are wearing, he's eating with sinners, <laughs> he's hanging out with prostitutes, uh-oh, he's, he's hanging out with, with, with people, watch this, that don't look like Jews. He didn't care. The only thing he was concerned about, watch this, was transforming their life. 
And when the church gets to that point, my brothers, where all we care about is transforming people's lives and, 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 and stabilizing the, the hemorrhaging that's going on in their life, you'll find, you'll find out that we'll have to repent because the reality of it is we've been missing it. Not only have we been missing it, we've been missing and misinterpreting what God has been trying to do in the earth. That's that. That's just my look. Look, look, Brian. We we to let the bishop on the line, right? Uh huh. And, and the bishop that gave us a whole sermon. He said, "Watch this." Yep. <laughs> Get the offer out. Right. He said, "Watch this." Look, you you dropped some some gems right there, and like the the part of the conversation that we were at, we were talking about the importance of of two ministries within your church right now. We were talking about the importance of a good marketing ministry within your, your church right now and the importance of a good media or multimedia department within your church, that those two things right there can uphold the arms of a ministry um, and keep your folks engaged and keep people coming, um, you know, to your church, of course, in addition to, you know, to the word. But we were also just saying that Right now, uh, we're living in a world where if someone logs on to your service and they're not getting what they want, the audio's bad, the video's bad, you're in a bad spot because I have 50,000 other churches that are streaming at the same exact time. <laughs> and so you talked a little bit about like uh, creativity and innovation, um, and a lot of churches are finding themselves there right now. As the senior pastor of a ministry, what happens if you have someone in place as your multimedia di director, say Brian H. Waters here, is your media director at your church, and you are like you are trying to connect with the people, you are trying to get creative and innovative, and it's not happening, uh, and, and you're noticing that your audience uh, or your parishioners are like steadily decreasing over time, what's the move? What do you do at that point in time? Because it's critical. Um. What you do is you go back and you re, you reevaluate, re um, and that's a hard thing because anytime you reevaluate, it's almost like pulling the scab or the cover off of stuff and seeing stuff that's not that's not that's not working. Uh, I, I've I've said this, and I teach everybody who uh, who who's under my tutelage this is that never be afraid to do away with something that's not working. Mm. Right? And 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 so what happens is is that the media director and the pastor or the, and the leaders and all the leaders, watch this, they have to be on the same page. What's our ultimate goal here? Because if the media person and the pastor on two different pages, you got a disconnect there, right? And you're right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a Facebooker, but uh, my, my media team, they, they make me look as good as I look. And, and the reason that they're able to articulate that and be able to project really what I'm, which is excellence, I'm all about excellence. The reason that they're able to do that is because we sit down and have con candid conversations about, okay, what's our goal? Who's our target audience? Um, you know, how are we gonna market this thing? How, how, what, what marketing angle do we wanna take? And when you sit down and you discuss those things, um, you, you'll find out that uh, being uh, in, a, in a collaborative effort, having a collaborative effort is so, is so very important because Pastors will invest in a whole lot of stuff, amen. But the problem is, is that they don't invest in their technology and their multimedia uh, department 
and and they're stingy. You know, they'll, they'll go out. Look at Brian's face. I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off, Dad. Brian's Brian face broke down all the way. As two people who do media in churches, man, churches do not want to pay for the equipment that you need, but they want that quality and they want that product. Uh, you know, so hopefully somebody with the with the change purses from my church are listening to this. Hey, hey look, I have to say mine did well because <laughs> he said, "Well, you about to get." It was like, so Brian, oh really? We did. Gave me a turn off. Mine did very well. I, I will say that. So, so look, and I will also have to say that you know, as I'm talking about Brian, I am not just talking about Christian Memorial Church because I have worked with Brian at some some other churches as well. So uh, Christian Memorial, don't come chasing after me. I love (laughs) y'all. I, I, I love y'all and I love this brother, Brian H. Waters, but but yeah, um so so important to invest. My wife is sorry to cut you off that. My wife is a CFO and she can mm-hmm. tell you, watch this, this is crazy. Thirty-seven to forty percent of our budget goes towards technology and uh and or social media or multimedia. Thirty-seven to forty percent. But but why is that? Why? Why 37 to 40%? And, and what's the return on investment? Oh, the, the, the return on investment. Let me start with the last question. The return on investment is, is tremendous. It's phenomenal. There is no, it is priceless for my media person to send me a screenshot to say we reached, watch this, 623 people. My sanctuary only holds 325. So the investment, oh my God, the investment of reaching an additional 450 to 500 people is priceless. And, and again, I, it, it all has, it all ties back in. And the people, Brian, that I'm reaching will never step foot in my church in Henderson. But they're in Arizona. Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Caribbean. You you can't you can't tangibly put a price on that. Bishop, can I ask you a question? When did you realize? Sorry, I ain't trying to take over Tavon. Look, uh, look, I, Brian has his own part. <laughs> Brian, this is my podcast. This is not your podcast. You are not asking the questions here, brother. <laughs> Mr. Brian H. Waters. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. I, I, I had, see, I knew you was going to do just that. <laughs> so I was like, let me say this. And then I know he, gonna get, <laughs> he fell right to the track. <laughs> but uh, my question is, I have two questions. When did you realize th- to shift the budget to production and multimedia? And I might get in some trouble for this. But did you have to, um, what did, did you figure there was a more, is there more of a priority in multimedia production and marketing than it is music and ministry? Yes. Um, I think, I think, um, well, my son, my son, um, I, I, now we, we wanted to exclude him, Brian, but we've got to bring back in. He taught me, uh, <laughs> he taught me, I don't know, man, maybe 17 years ago. Okay. Uh, Dad, listen, you, you got to invest in your multimedia. 
And at heart, at first it was hard because I, I couldn't I couldn't see the forest for the trees. Uh, you know, we we he upgraded us from like a like a I don't know whether the an eight track one of the big old the big old cameras about that big with the, <laughs> with the VHS. You know, to to I think he he got us up to you know one of the HD uh, high def cameras. Mm -hmm. Watch this. And when we started seeing, and in a return, listen to me, Brian. In return, in regards to the people acknowledging our ministry as a ministry of excellence, it took off from there. Wow. Brian. Jesus was about excellence. He was about excellence. His marketing, his marketing plan was so tight that 5,000 people, amen, came to hear him preach. And they stayed so long that they missed dinner. In, in what church in Maryland and North Carolina will people will come and stay all day and forget to eat? Uh, a, a ministry that is operating in excellence. Absolutely. That, that's where, right? And and we have got to get out of this place where um, we're like, you know, church isn't about gimmicks. And, you know, like, you don't need this for church. And, like, you don't need that. I remember when I was coming up in church, we could stump our feet on the hardwood floor and the people <laughs> would come. Like, times have changed and people have changed and if you're going to do the work to attract this generation you have to do the work to attract this generation you have to make a shift i saw you leaning into the camera what were you about to say Brian or me you you came real close <laughs> I, I, I agree with you um but but here here, here is here is here is here is here is what's so profound um i, I think that um, when we when we realize that we are in a different uh, day, right? It, it's amazing that um, as as pastors and and, and leaders, uh, we will we will spend money on um, you know things and people that 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 yield on a minimal results. But then watch this, but on the flip side, we wonder why we're losing quality, valuable people to other ministries. I understand it. And I hear somebody out there now, well, you know, I'm not gonna do what everybody, no, no, no. I'm not saying be a copycat and do what everybody else is doing, right? That, that's, that's not my point. But you, 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 cannot, you cannot have <laughs> a, a 2001 multimedia ministry in 2021. Right, millennials won't allow that to happen. They're not. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, right? And so when we when we learn, I trust my multimedia and social media um, team so much. I never go out there. Anytime, anytime somebody send me a message, Brian, they respond, and people think that it's me responding. Well, they're able to do that because they know they know me. They know my spirit. They know the culture. You know what I'm saying? And millennials, y'all like to be engaged, right? Y'all like to be engaged. I'm old school. You know, we used, you know, you preach a message and go home. And if they, if they don't get it, then let them come back to next next Bible study. So that's that's not how millennials are wired, right? They need something between Tuesday 
and Sunday, and from Sunday to Tuesday, they, they need interaction, they need engagement. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so social media has done that. But I know y'all have heard it, man, social media is from the devil. Y'all hell, y'all heard it. Because I, I, I had that same mentality until, until people started, um, until my media team started bringing me testimonies of people, watch this, over in Africa. Mm-hmm. Healed because of the message I preached in North Carolina. So I had to ask myself, so okay, am I gonna be prideful? And am I gonna hold on to antiquated, outdated thinking and embrace this new norm? Which way am I gonna go? And I come to find out that it, it was it was it was it was more valuable for me to let go of my antiquated, outdating thinking and embrace this paradigm shift. And I'll say this to y'all, this is prophetic. I don't care how people try to do it, Brian, son, Tavon, I don't care how much they try. We're not going back to the old days. God ain't gonna let it happen. We're not going back to the, to the things that we did back in, 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 in January. That God ain't gonna let it happen, right? And the advantage, if, we, if, if they listen, if, they, if pastors and leaders listen to you, you guys, there will be a tremendous harvest of souls like we've never seen before. Hmm. I already told you that. When was the last time Bishop Davis preached to 637 people? But, again, it's, it's how... It's how we are programmed to think. Yeah, you, 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 missed, you missed our comment, uh, comment earlier. Um, I was sharing with Brian just around uh, how pre-COVID um, we, we uh, shamed people for live stream, right? We, we shamed them. You're sitting home on your butt. You better get in here and experience the Lord, right? And, and now we're like, thank God for live stream, because if, if not, right? Um, and so, you, I, I, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Another thing, in the last episode that we talked about, uh, we were talking about uh, COVID-19 and education. And one of the things that I said is that after COVID-19 is done, we've got to find a different way to do things. We can't go back to the same way, even in education. Life is going to be totally different. And so, like, people better start shifting their mindsets. If they want to survive post-COVID, they've got to start shifting their, their, their mindsets. And like you said, get, get rid of that old thinking. Uh, look, before we round out, uh, I'm going to go to Brian first. Okay. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to shut up. I'm going to give Brian my- <laughs> <laughs> Good, Good day. Out there to every media person, to every social media director, uh, you have a tremendous opportunity to make the name of your ministry great. And the reason I say that, uh, Joel Osteen, who, who boasted having the largest church, one of the largest churches uh, in America, at one point in time, because of the guidelines of the state of Texas, and because of COVID-19 could only get 50 people in the sanctuary. So what does that mean? That means that God allowed COVID-19 to come in and level the playing field where we all now have mega ministries per social media. That's all I got to say. I'm done. I'm dropping the mic. Look, 
<laughs> everybody, everybody got a, everybody got a, uh, uh, a, a, a mega ministry now because we all would have the opportunity to re reach what the whole world. Mm -hmm. But look, look, watch this. Unger, Unger preach now. I'm about about to drop a mic. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Watch this. It took COVID nineteen for us to figure that out. But we had every single tool that we have now pre COVID nineteen, right? Um, and so, you know, like like you said, God brought this in order for there to be a shift. Right. And for for us to start thinking differently. And if you're out there and you have a ministry or you, you're the pastor or you're the media director, whoever you are, like you have to sit down and you have to think about your marketing strategy and your multimedia strategy and think about are you doing things to the best of your ability and to the spirit of excellence and I'm going to step back a little bit and even say that sometimes the best of your ability isn't good enough. Right. So if you know that you, you are out there and you're producing content and it ain't good enough, step back and let somebody else produce that content. Uh, because <laughs> if not, you're playing with people's lives and, you, and, and you're playing, uh, you know, with people's uh, spirituality. Um, Brian, what, as, as we close out, to the people, what would you say, brother? What do churches have to get right? What is one thing churches have to get right? And it doesn't have to be multimedia, but in this world of COVID-19, what's one thing churches have to get right? Wow, um, that's a great question. I, it's, I mean, it's so much, but they gotta get... Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I got I, you. Look at yeah. look at look at the bishop. The bishop like, yeah, I got this. I got this. <laughs> Watch this. Watch yeah. this. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but you you gotta get uh, to saving souls. You at the end of the day, people go to church for um, the church should be the hospital. And I like how you said it's the even playing ground. I also like how y'all discussed about not um, people not having to come in in their uh, million dollar suits. You got to get to the point of saving souls. Everybody looks on social media for some sort of motivational quote at one point in time. And that's where uh, there's an opportunity for the church. So at the end of the day, you got to get rid of the fluff. You got to get rid of the fluff. I, I hate when we start to close, close out episodes because, <laughs> because somebody always say something and it's just like, oh, oh we should have talked about that, talked about <laughs> that, you know, talked about that um, as well. If you're, you're a multimedia director, your marketing director, whoever you have in charge does not have the level of spirituality and is not spending time with God the way that they should be, they should not be doing the work because it's one thing to have someone who knows the work and knows the profession, but it's another thing to have someone who knows God, has a deep relationship with him and knows the work. And so like when you talk to, when you're talking about the, the saving of souls, Brian, you are spot on. Like none of this is going to work if you like your end goal isn't to save lives. I don't care how well you know how to edit a video. I don't care how well you know social media. If you're not thinking about the lives on the other side of, of that message that you're putting out there, then like it's not going to work. 
it Table. will not oh. be received very well. All right, I'm shutting up. Go ahead, no, real, real quick, one thing I want to say is I'm, I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain. Last week, my pastor's sermon is what is grace to you? And I, I mentioned earlier how I had a lot of content in the archives from old services. Before we had a multimedia ministry, I, was, I would bring my camera to church for big events and record so that I could put it on my YouTube channel. And this is, you know, while I was in college and I've always been one, especially um, as a drummer, my uncle used to record old services and I used to like love to go back and watch them. So when I started playing drums, I wanted to record stuff so that I could go back and look at it. And then I would rip the audio so I could, you know, listen to the music. One of the things I did was I always asked my pastor, what's your sermon? And I always, at first, at first, he would choose the um, songs to go with it, uh, but then I started choosing it. But I always wanted to make sure that there was a theme. And you said that you have to make sure your multimedia director has a relationship with God because and is on the same page with the pastor. Because if not, how can you? Because that and my pastor told me this. I was uh, just talking to him about things, and he says. God has given you a tremendous task right now by you being the person to produce this, produce this content. You are responsible for making sure he said, I'm preaching, but you're responsible for putting everything together and making sure the church gets what they need and gets fed. So that's one of the things I love what you just said is you got to make sure that you have that spiritual relationship with God. I'm not perfect by any means, but you know, I always thank God. And one of the things I'm gonna put, put you out there, Tavon. One thing is I knew how great you was at what you did. Um, one time when the first time I worked with you, the day before you sent me a preview of your expectations and you laid out everything and you said, these are example shots that I want to get. Then when we started working together in the church, I remember you discussing, we had a meeting one time because we had a lot of camera people, but I remember you talking about the time you put in to study the night before. You studied how um, church should be shot and you put that time in. And, and, and I equivocated to a guy like a Ray Lewis, who's to and every, when they were on their show together, they was talking about the amount of film study. So when I got blessed with this role, I had to do, okay, what does my big brother do that's better than anybody else? He puts the time and the effort in. And that, and essentially, I look at that as you're putting that film study, but that's also spending time with God so that he can clear your mind and get ready. And one of the things we did before we went out there and uh, worked, Bishop, was we had prayer. And, and that's one of the things that a lot of people don't do. And, and people think, you see musicians, and, and I say this as a former drummer, you see a lot of musicians who go out and it's a gig to them. All right, I got to play at this church, I got to play at that church. But then you also see some, before they strike that first key or before they pull out those first drumsticks or pluck that first string, they pray and they spend time with God. And it's the same thing that as a media person, we must do is spend time with God. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. The, the, the bishop trying to uh, hold his lips together so he don't, <laughs> he don't talk. He's sitting there. He's, yeah. <laughs> I, gave, I gave him an extra three minutes of my time. So, <laughs> no, but I, I, 
I, I, I just have to say, you know, um, I, and I think that is uh, what we have to get right. I, I, I'm in you know, total alignment and agreement. We, we have to get right, get it right in regards to harvesting these, these souls that are out there that um, really love God, they want to find God, uh, and they want to they worship God. Um, but they, they've not been wired to tap in, you know, the old school way. And, and I think that we're going to miss harvesting some valuable people into the kingdom uh, if we're not able to share, to, uh, to um, void uh, our thinking, antiquated thinking of, you know, doing it the old way and whomever comes, come. That's, that's not kingdom thinking. Uh, the kingdom is always progressive. I, you know, people talk about, you know, kingdom, kingdom. Well, the kingdom is not a particular place. It's a mindset. And, and, and the mindset is, is that everybody in the ministry prays because when the media team prays, God would give them instructions on, on how to package what the preacher is saying, amen, to reach the right people, amen. You know, it, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, I, I, I bake the bread, you know, but you guys package it so that whomever come down that aisle and they're hungry, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they, their, their, their palates are gonna be in, you know, more sensitive to the bread, why? The way it's packaged. Yeah, it's bread, but come on in here. Everybody can preach, you know, every preacher preaches. But but the social media and the media team, glory to God, they package a thing where anybody that hear it, that see it, they're gonna want more of it because of the way it what is packaged. And and I always use the analogy, my brothers, and I'm closing, that you know, the word of God is like chicken. Whoa, Bishop, what do you mean by that? You know, there, there are various places that cook chicken. Amen. You know, I like chicken, but guess what? I don't eat chicken from every place that cooks chicken. What are you saying? There are people who want the gospel. You're laughing, Brian. I know that's a crude analogy. But there are people who want God. But let's just be real. And I'm closing with this. Let's just be real. Everybody is not drawn or attracted to weigh every ministry package God. I'm done. Look, the bishop the, the, came back, preached another sermon, and, and, and he probably back there writing it down somewhere like, yeah, I'm going I'm to preach this next week. My, to my topic going to be called Not Everywhere Chicken. <laughs> Don't eat that chicken. <laughs> I'll be coming from the book of Peter. <laughs> Look, y'all, uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of the Tired Podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Bishop Davis. Thank you so much, Brian H. Waters. Look, make sure you go and check out the uh, content uh, that Brian told you about in the beginning of this episode. Also, make sure that you visit the Fresh Anointed Tabernacle of Deliverance. Visit their website, visit them. Um, on, on Facebook, check out their services. These are two ministries, y'all, that I have to say um, in this time of COVID are just like putting together uh, broadcasts as just like a, a spirit of excellence. Um, and I appreciate you all uh, because like right now, we have got to connect with the people and we've got to make sure, like, uh, like Brian said, we are doing a work of saving lives. Well, y'all, it's been a long conversation. I'm tired. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. You've been listening to the Tired Podcast with Tavon Lawrence. Don't forget to subscribe to the Tired Podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and more.